let's talk. We've already spoken to you about your book, um, but just briefly, uh, could you tell Jamie and the Renegade's journey just enough for so listeners mm-hmm. know what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, Jamie McGillivray is is kind of a historical epic. It starts at the Battle of Culloden in 1746, and it ends at the Battle of Quebec almost 15 years later. And the title character, Jamie McGillivray, is a a Highland Scot who's trying to – he's with the Jacobites who are trying to restore the uh, Stuart kings um, back in in England and Scotland, and and if not – take over the whole thing, uh, at least break Scotland away from what then was called the Union and is now called Great Britain. He's defeated at the Battle of Culloden, and at the last minute, instead of hanging him, uh, the English transport him as a prisoner for life to the New World. Uh, He escapes and ends up basically being a prisoner um, of the Indians, uh, the, the Lenny Lenape, and uh, that we mostly know as the Delaware Indians. And then he has further adventures. And uh, uh, the other main character is a, another a Scotswoman named Jenny, who's even poorer than, than Jamie. And she gets transported under false pretenses, but still gets sent over to the New World. And she has to survive. So it's it's about a couple people trying to survive in a really rapidly changing world with alliances changing they have to learn new languages um and they have to kind of learn how to uh change themselves at least on the surface in order to survive and it it uh uh it's a big book it is a big book john sales and i'd like to know from you what it was that so fascinated you about uh jamie mcgilvray i mean it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it has a it has kind of an interesting history. I, I had known a little bit of this. Uh, I had been doing research for a different project and discovered that uh, by the 1840s or so, the um, the main chief of the Cherokee was a Ross who was probably seven-eighths Scots and only one-eighth Cherokee. And the head of the Creek Indians was a McGillivray. And they were the descendants of Scots traders, uh, a few who had come here as indentured servants or uh, prisoners, um, and then, you know, started trading with with the Indian tribes and uh, eventually realized, oh, I should marry the chief's daughter. And then their sons became chiefs in turn, and and it kept going, you know, that way. Then uh, about 20 years ago, uh, the Scots actor um, Robert Carlyle called me up. I didn't know him. I'd just been recommended as a screenwriter with an idea about uh, a Scotsman um, transported to the New World after he was defeated at the Battle of Culloden who got involved with the Indians. And it just seemed like such a good idea to me that I started doing the research. And it was just such a rich story that even though we could never raise the money to make the movie, which would have been an expensive movie, um, you know, kind of about a half a year before COVID started, I started trying to make it into a novel. And uh, what generally happens when you make a screenplay into a novel is it, it gets bigger. <laughs> it gets more like a, you just keep pulling, like a pull on that thread and more keeps coming. We are yeah. going to take a break. We are so glad to be talking to critically acclaimed writer and director 
John Sales, who will be at the Montague Book Mill talking about his book at 5 o'clock. Um, and uh, on the 30th, he'll be at Shea Theater. He'll be there with director Robert Krzykowski and with uh, New England public media personality and Shea president Monty Belmonte. We'll be right back with John right after this. Work all night on a drink of rum. Banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me want go home. Come, Mister Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me want go home. Come, Mister Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me want go home. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are back with John Sales, the celebrated uh, director and writer. And um, John, we um, during the break we were just saying we really should spend another minute or two talking about that iconic civil rights giant uh, and entertainment giant, Harry Belafonte. You um, obviously you care deeply about those people who use their celebrity in ways to make society better. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Harry is that that he he was always there. You know, one, you know, he was there at the really the kind of very beginnings of the civil rights movement. He went down south a couple times at some risk to his life um, because it was pretty hairy down there. Um, he he bailed people out. He, you know, helped movements uh, move along with money and just kind of moral support. Uh, and he he didn't just dip in and dip out. Um, he was just just this rock was always there. Um, and he also, you know, cared about the world. Um, you know, I met him the first time in Cuba. Um, he went to Europe quite a bit. He was popular there because of his, his, you know, singing tours. Um, he cared about what was happening to people he had never met. Um, not just, you know, American civil rights. Um, so, you know, quite a, quite a, you know, unusual guy. And, you know, as we were saying before, just, you know, his analysis of things was just, you know, it was just great to hear him explain how something worked and, and what he felt like, you know, what direction we should be going to, you know, as just human beings. He was an extraordinary civil rights leader. And I love the story of uh, Barack Obama, who said to him once, apparently, you know, could you lighten up on me? Take it a little easy. And apparently Harry Belfonte said, what do you think I've been doing? <laughs> I mean, he, he was he was he was iconic. He was viewed, I think, as a person who really spoke. I know it's a hackneyed phrase, but truth to power. And he did and he did it courageously. So I think when you think of him, is, is, is it a momentous 
was it momentous for you when you had these interactions with him and got yeah, engaged? Got yeah. engaged? I mean, you know, I, I knew him for, you know, he, my mother was a huge fan of his. And so we had his record albums and stuff like that. And I saw him on TV. And then, uh, then you know, being of the generation I am, he was an important guy in the civil rights movement. Um, and then, you know, to, to actually get to meet him and, and work with him on something was really great. Um, I, I also think, you know, is this is a guy who could have just stayed on stage. Um, he was that good a performer. He was, a, I think, an even better actor than he thought he was. Um, and he just felt like, you know, yeah, I, I got to do that. It was great. Um, but. And use my time better, you know, than just going around and performing. We're speaking with John Sales, who will be at the uh, book mill in Montague Wenbuzz. That's on the 29th at 5 o'clock, and he'll be doing a reading from his new book, which is Jamie McGillivray, The Renegade's Journey. And he's going to be at the Shea Theater on Sunday the 30th at 7 o'clock. Um, and there will be screenings of two of his wonderful movies. And a Q&A and a discussion, yeah. which I think will be really, really exciting. People will love it. Uh, I'd like yeah, to... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking... I've, I've been in the Shea, but I've, I've never gotten to see a movie there, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good movies. And it's going to it's going to yeah. be a, a great event. I, I'd like to ask you, John Sales, a bit more about your historical novel, Jamie McVillery. Uh, McVillaray, I'm sorry. McVillaray. McVillaray, sorry. My, my mispronunciation, I apologize. That's Bill McNewman talking. Yeah. I, 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 I'd like to know, this is an amazing story that you tell in this historical novel. Uh, I, I, I'd like to know uh, if you feel resonance of that story with some of what is happening today in this country. Well, I think I think the main thing that I, I kept thinking about when I was writing up uh, it was that um, n- none of us know how the story ends. And when you're writing a historical novel, it's important to 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 remember that George Washington, who's a you know, is actually a fairly large character in the book. He didn't know how it was going to end. When we meet him in the book, uh, he's this kind of very ambitious young man from Virginia who wants to, you know, get a lot of land and impress the British. So maybe they'll, you know, make him a governor or something like that. He doesn't know that in a few years he's going to be leading a revolution against them. Uh, Jamie really doesn't know how the story ends. And and for so many of us and and the choices that we have to make and the the things that happen, you know, at the beginning of World War II, um, the, you know, my father went over there. A lot of people went over there. They didn't know if they were going to live or die. They didn't know that we were going to win. Um, you know, and, and we have to remember that, that um, we don't know the end of the story and that we are always making decisions with less information than we should have, <laughs> you know. Um, today we have a lot more information and know a lot more about the big picture um, than you know people did back in the 1750s when you know w- when you left for the new world 
um, let's say you're going to go to um, Jamaica, by the time you got there, you might be at war with the French. And you weren't when you left. <laughs> um, you know, you didn't have, you had a, a very slow, you know, kind of intake of information, uh, you know, to, to use for your decision making. Today we have a lot more. But guess what? You know, there's always things that are coming out 10 years later that tell us, oh, that's what really happened. And we don't know them now. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a reminder, I think, of how we almost have to make our decisions on, on very human gut level um, information and feelings and, you know, and just realize that uh, we don't know the whole story. Were there some principles that guided some core to Jamie McGillivray? Well, what I what I wanted, you know, in the book, because it's told, you know, even though Jamie and Jenny are the main characters, there's probably another 20 people who uh, get, a, you know, at least a section of the book in their point of view. And so one of the principles was I want to see the micro, which is, one guy on the field of the Battle of Culloden, and then every once in a while just get a little peek at the macro, which is you meet General Wolf, you know, who's thinking about, you know, this this Battle of Quebec, which was really a siege that lasted for months and months. And, uh, you know, so that's what's in the history books. But the, the micro of that was he was a, he was a kind of skinny, sickly guy who thought, I'm likely to die of a disease. You know, I'm, I've got all these physical problems. I'm going to go down swinging. <laughs> I, I wish we had more time to talk to John Sales, who is a master of multiple media, the written word, uh, cinema, uh, fiction, and nonfiction. We're so grateful that you're here. We're so grateful that you're going to be at the Odyssey Bookshop on Saturday the 29th at 7 Oh, I'm sorry. That's at 5 p.m., isn't it? No, I've got it all wrong. The Montague Book Mill on the 29th. That's Saturday at 5 o'clock. And on Sunday at the Shea Theater for a screening and then a Q&A. That begins at 7 o'clock. And uh, you'll be there with director uh, Krzykowski as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all that you do, John. Thanks, guys. Down at the market, you can hear ladies cry out while on their heads they bear. Aki rice, salt fish are nice.